have a seat this morning. As I'm singing the words of that song of, of pour me out, let your mercy flow like a rushing river, um, I don't know about you, but the, the thought in my mind is I feel spent, right? I feel like I've been poured out and there's not a lot left for anyone else. Does anyone else relate to that in this season where you just feel like that, that rushing river that we're singing of is maybe just barely a trickle, like there's barely enough of Jesus to sustain you, much less to be poured out to the world around you. And, and I think of the words um, that Jesus spoke. We find them in Matthew chapter 11. He says, come to me, all you that are weary and carry heavy burdens. Anyone relate to that? Anyone that could say, I can hear that invitation from Jesus? All you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That the, the invitation of our Savior this morning is, is to come. Come with our burdens. Come with the weight that's upon our hearts and our lives to come to him and he wants to walk with us, that he, he has an invitation for us, that he wants to carry those burdens with us. And, and his promise is that, that his life, the spirit within us would be like, like that river flowing out of us. That life isn't meant to be just a trickle and we're trying to just get enough to survive. But the abundant life that Jesus offers us is a life that's more than enough for our own souls, more than enough for our own burdens, more than enough for the trials that we're walking through. And there's enough to pour out to the world around us. That's the vision of God's people, a people overflowing with his life a life that can, can bring hope to the world around us. And so, Brittany and team, would you just lead us in that, um, that part of the song again? And would you just come to Jesus uh, with the burdens and know him carrying them for you and giving you enough, enough to sustain even the world around us?
Jesus, we come to you with all that we carry. God, we come to you with a, a sense of, of dryness. We come to you with a sense of inadequacy. Uh, we come to you with the mountains in our lives. And God, we ask that we would know that promise of Jesus, that, that he is here to, to give us rest, that he is here to walk alongside us, that his yoke is easy, his burden is light. God, would we know that? Would we know it more than in our minds? Would we know it in our lives? Would we experience it today and every day moving forward? Would we experience the abundance of life that is offered to us through your Son? Pray all this in your mighty, powerful, awesome, and beautiful name. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, church, we're going to, to continue um, in the, the sermon series we, we started last week looking at, at prayer. Uh, looking at, specifically this morning, a life of prayer. And, and I think this this chapter here in Matthew, um, Matthew chapter 11 is a perfect place to start. A perfect place to start as we talk about a life of prayer. This invitation from Jesus to come to him. I think so often when we think about prayer, um, and maybe this is, is just me, maybe you guys have a, a, better, um, a better background in prayer, but for me, um, often when I think of prayer, I think of it in terms of shoulds and oughts. Uh, I should be praying more. I ought to be praying longer. I should have prayed harder. That, that's often one of the first things that comes uh, to my mind when I think of a life of prayer. I think of uh, the quote that was, um, I think, attributed to, uh, to Augustine or Martin Luther, um, a, a quote that said, I, you know, I've got so much work to do. I'm so busy that I can't help uh, but wake up early and pray three hours in the morning. That is something that has stuck with me ever since I heard it as probably a teenager in youth group. And it was meant to be this, this encouraging word, right, of saying, you've got so much going on in life, you need prayer to sustain you. Uh, but instead, the way I interpreted it was, man, I am never going to measure up, <laughs> right? I am never going to make it to waking up early enough to pray for three hours. And even if I did wake up early enough, I am never going to be able to make it through a three-hour prayer session, <laughs> right? And so even my small starts, um, even the times when I was faithful in prayer, it just didn't seem like it was enough uh, because it didn't measure up to these great stories that I heard of, of these fathers and mothers of the faith who just had this, this passionate, driven, committed lifestyle of prayer. And so when I think of a life of prayer, I think that is not for me, <laughs> right? Honestly, I think that is just not something I can attain. But I've heard um, a pastor describe the life of prayer this way, that the life of prayer is, is a life centered on God, a life where every, every sphere of our life, 
our minds and intellect, our hearts and passions, our relationships, our work, our play, our rest, our creativity, that, that all of those spheres of life would find themselves centered on God. That all of those areas of life would, would feel the gravitational force of God. And that as we start drifting in those areas, that gravitational force of God would draw us back to himself, draw us back to his heart. And that simply put, that is a life of prayer, a life that continues to be drawn closer and closer to the heartbeat of our Father. It's not a life of oughts and shoulds. It's not a life that says you are not measuring up. Instead, it's a life revolving around God. A life of prayer where our hearts are constantly turning back to the one who is constantly looking, directing his gaze towards us. And that for a people who are heavy burdened, as our eyes turn back to Jesus in prayer, that we would know him carrying those burdens for us. That we would know him sustaining us through seasons of life where we feel like we don't have enough to put one foot in front of the other. This is the kind of life I want. I want this, this abundant life that's centered on God. All areas of my life constantly being pulled back to him when I drift away. But I get distracted really easy. I feel like I, I start and maybe Sundays is, is one of those beginnings to the week where I feel like, yes, I'm, I've got my gaze directed towards Jesus. I feel him here with you carrying my burdens. But then the week is really long, right? Sometimes just the afternoon after worship service is really long. <laughs> and I know my gaze being drifted away from him. I find myself getting frustrated. I find myself having challenges in relationships. I find myself facing me again, right? I leave this place and I go back home and I, I encounter myself. And I need something to draw me back to the heart of God. I might even be, do really well in the mornings trying to have time with Jesus, right? Having time spent in scripture and spent in prayer. But then I find that my day is long and I find myself picking those burdens back up. I find myself uh, focused on, on me and my work and forgetting about God and his presence and his work all around me. And so if, if I'm going to have a life of prayer, if you're going to have a life of prayer where we're, we're centered on God, but we realize that we're so easily distracted from him, what are we going to do? How do we get there? How do we get to a life that's centered on God? And so I want to give a really practical tool this morning 
Um, not so much a, a sermon this morning as just handing you guys a tool, um, a tool that I've heard people describe as one of the best kept secrets in Christianity, um, or um, one of the best ways to start if you need to figure out how to start in prayer, how to start turning your gaze back to Jesus. And it's, it's a, a tool uh, that's called the daily offices. The daily offices, um, this is a this kind of modern language for an ancient idea or an ancient practice. Um, it's a practice that was, has its roots way back in Judaism, um, back to the, the beginning of God's relationship with his people. Uh, when the, the Jewish people would have set times in their day where they would come back to the heart of God, where they would stop all their doing, stop all their striving, stop all their working, and they would focus their eyes back on God. And we see this throughout scripture. We see um, the, the psalmist talking about um, morning, noon, and night do I seek you, O Lord. We see David talking about having three times a day um, that he would stop and come before the Lord. We see Daniel um, in the book of Daniel, um, who was told that, that he and all the people around him were only meant to pray to the king of Babylon. And instead, Daniel kept his practice of stopping and praying three times a day three times a day coming back to the heart of the Father. We, we know or we assume that, that Jesus practiced this as well, that Jesus had, had set times in his day that he would pray because that's what the people around him did. Um, we see in the, in the New Testament, Jesus' followers, in the book of Acts, you'll find that um, the book of Acts describes the people of Jesus as coming together and praying constantly. And that there were times uh, when the, the followers of Jesus were going to the temple um, at the third hour because that was the appointed hour for prayer. And then another time when they were going and doing their noon prayers because, again, that was one of the appointed hours to stop as a people and to direct their gaze towards Jesus. And then this, this practice that the Jewish people had uh, slowly began to change as followers of Jesus um, continued the habit of their ancestors. And so we see that the, the early Christians began to pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day, probably adding it on to the prayers that they had learned growing up as children in the Jewish faith. And then um, during the Middle Ages, sometime the, the people of God especially um, monks who were living a, a life devoted to prayer and scripture and community, that they kind of solidified these, these times of prayer. Uh, but they went even further than having the, what we know of the Jewish people having probably two or three times to pray, and the monks just went all out. They had eight appointed hours in their day where they would stop and pray. And this was like, they would wake up in the middle of the night to do this. And there continue to be um, monastic communities who follow this pattern and have been following this pattern for centuries 
stopping whatever they're doing at the appointed times, eight times throughout their day and throughout their night, to come back to the heart of their father. And this is what's um, been come to know, be known as, as the daily offices or the divine hours. There's a lot of different terms for it, but, but essentially what it boils down to is, um, is having a, a structure, um, a, a written out oftentimes structure of prayer to come before Jesus um, throughout your day. And so, like I said, some of the monks um, would have eight times a day, other communities would have a morning and an, an evening time of prayer or morning, noon and night. Um, the, the times vary, sometimes the structure varies between church traditions, but in all of it, what it all comes back to is a people knowing how easy it is for us to drift from being centered on God and trying to find some way as a people to stay anchored in him. And the people of God throughout the ages have discovered that a good way to stay anchored is to have these, these set times to come before the Lord. Because our days are long, our attention is short, and we need reminders um, to come back to the heart of the Father. We need to be sustained by him, and a life being sustained by Jesus is, is difficult just on Sundays. It's difficult even just in morning prayer. And so many of us have found it to be really life-giving to come back to the heart of the Father throughout our day. And that as we do that, we begin to recognize God's presence with us always. Even in the times we're not praying, that the habit of stopping has helped us to become focused and aware of the presence of God with us always. And the, the goal or the fruit of, of this, this type of, of structured prayer or stopping regularly in our lives before the Lord um, is, again, not so that we pray more or pray longer. It's not a legalism of saying that we have to do this if we want to be good followers of Jesus. It's, it's not a, a place for us to earn God's love or God's favor but it's precisely because of God's love. It's precisely because of God's presence with us that we long to experience it always. We don't want to be a people who just drift through life unaware of the sustaining presence of Jesus with us. And so this invitation to recenter our lives on God throughout the day um, is an opportunity for us to practice being aware of the presence of God with us when we're working and playing in the midst of our relationships, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of joy, that a life of prayer helps us to notice God always. Another fruit of this practice of, of stopping throughout our days to be with God um, is to help us to find a healthy balance in our life between being and doing. So many of us have lives that are just packed full of all the things that we need to do. 
We're doing really great things, caring for people around us, working really hard at work or school. Um, we are a people whose lives are full, our lives are busy. But oftentimes, I think our doing, even in the really good doing that we're doing for the Lord, the things that we would see in our lives as, as ministry, um, oftentimes those, all that doing is way outpacing our being with the Father. And when that happens, we find ourselves running dry. We find ourselves not having enough to sustain us in all the work that we do throughout our days. And so this practice of the daily offices or fixed hour prayers is a practice that helps us find a balance between our being with the Father and our doing for the Father. That we wouldn't live a life that is busier than the sustaining hand of God would have for us. Ideally, we would have enough time in our life where, we're, where we pull back from work, where we pull back from activity to be with God, and that that amount of time that we pull back would correspond with the amount of activity that we're doing in our lives. Enough time to be with God to correspond to our activity. And what the daily offices offer to us is an opportunity to live and work out of a place of being with Jesus, of knowing him as our source, finding our rest in him, finding joy in him, and him finding joy in us. And that this, this knowing of God and his approval and knowing him carrying that yoke with us would be the thing that would, um, that would sustain all of the work that we do in our lives. And so the hope would be that we as a people would find a rhythm of prayer with the Lord, a rhythm of being with him in our days and in our weeks, a rhythm that would sustain us so that we could be people who have fruitful lives, that we would be a people like the song that we just sung, where we know that the rushing river of God moving through our lives to the people around us. Because we, what we don't want is to be a people who are trying so hard to give, 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 serve, serve, serve. But that, that flow of the Spirit has been cut off because we're not turning our attention to Jesus. But instead, as we come to him, we know him filling us up with living water, that living water for us and for the world around us. And so getting really practical, um, again, like I, I said before, there are the monks who do this like eight times a day. I would not suggest trying this out right off the bat, um, just because we, when we fail, we tend to give up really easy. And so I would say, don't, don't bite off way more than you can chew. And I, I mean, there's probably a couple of us in here that can handle eight times a day in prayer and waking up throughout our night. Um, but if you're anything like me, that's not a good place to start. Um, however often it is that we, um, that we choose to come before the Lord, 
um, whether it's the eight or four, three, two, or even just one. However often the idea is this life or this rhythm of prayer in our day and week that places us in the presence of God regularly. Places us in the presence of God regularly. It can historically throughout Christianity um, is something that has been very structured, can be very structured, um, but for others, uh, they come up with their own unique um, time with the Lord. But however um, it looks, whether you use a, a book or a resource um, that the church has developed over the years, or you come up with something on your own, um, four of the elements that people have found that are really helpful to be in these times of daily prayer with the Lord are stopping, stillness, silence, and scripture. Stopping, stillness, silence, and scripture. Because at the heart of, of these daily offices is stopping, is stopping our activity, stopping our doing so that we can be with God. It's saying no matter how important all of the work is that I'm caught up in today, I know the most important work I could ever do is to be with the one who loves me, who made me, and who sustains me. And so we stop all of our efforts to be with God at a fixed time throughout the day, to be reminded that he's on the throne. And so we stop. And then stillness. Think of the, the um, invitation from God in Psalm 46 to be still and know that I am God. We often are a people that are so frantic. Our attention is so divided between many things. And so this invitation to stop and to be still is an invitation for our distracted attention to be focused in on one thing, to be focused in on the reality of God with us in the midst of whatever we're facing. So we come and we, and we are still before God, allowing God to settle our frantic hearts and minds and focused our distracted attention onto him. And this can take some time. Uh, I would encourage you, if, if you begin to, to practice the daily offices, um, that you would start out with a minute or two minutes at the beginning where you would just stop and be still before the Lord. I mean, some people go, go even farther and they um, find that they need like five minutes or ten minutes or longer of just being still before the Lord because of how, how frantic um, their hearts and their minds are. But however long it is, if you just start out with 30 seconds or a minute, that you come before the Lord being still, focusing on him and letting the weight of the world be taken off of your shoulders and onto his. Just resting in and enjoying God's presence. And then silence. The reality is we live in a loud world. All right, when um, Vince and the boys and I went to uh, Yellowstone National Park, um, we realized that even in like 
this nature sanctuary, uh, we've got a lot of noise, right? You've got the noise of the cars and tourists. Um, you've got people who are hiking with their speakers, you know, pointed out so that we can all enjoy their wonderful playlist, right? There's, there's very few places you can go in the world that are um, silent anymore. In fact, there's some scientists who have gone out trying to find any place in um, creation that doesn't have man-made noise infecting it, and they can't find it. Right? Like, even in the most remote places of the world, we still have the occasional noise of airplanes flying overhead. We have created a very loud world to live in. But the invitation of the daily offices is to come and practice silence. To come and practice silence before the Lord. God spoke to the prophet Elijah, not in a loud voice or through um, the storms or the loud things around, but scripture actually says in 1 Kings that God spoke to Elijah in the sheer sound of silence. God chooses to speak to us in many ways, but one of those ways that God's people have heard him clearly is in the sound of silence. When we settle everything down to listen to the heart of our Father. And it's not that when we are silent, we're um, forcing the hand of God to speak to us, but instead it's when we're silent that we're giving opportunity for ourselves to actually hear when God chooses to speak. For me, um, when I first began trying to practice um, silence regularly before the Lord, it wasn't even so much that in my silence I clearly heard God speaking to me, but I discovered that in the silence I encountered the loving presence of God with me. I can remember some of those first times of just trying to sit for two or five minutes before the Lord that I was just overcome with emotion. I'm not usually a really emotional person, but just sitting there alone in my room with no noises to distract me, I felt Jesus with me. I felt how much he loved me, and I was just overwhelmed and brought to tears. It wasn't that there was any message that I could write down that I heard, but it was just this deep knowing, this deep experiencing of the presence of God with me and realizing that that loving presence of God has been with me all day, has been with me every day. I just hadn't noticed it. I just hadn't paused long enough to become aware of the loving presence of Jesus. And lastly, scripture. Any book um, or resource that you'll find to help lead you through the daily offices, um, almost all of them primarily will have uh, the Psalms as a resource. Because the, the Psalms in scripture have been the prayer book of God's people throughout the centuries. This was the prayer book of Jesus and the early followers. These are the words that Jesus quoted throughout the New Testament. 
the, the prayers of the Psalms. The Psalms express just about every human emotion that we can walk through. They express um, our joy, sorrow, pain, despair, rage, hope, satisfaction, doubt. That for anything that we face or will face in life, there is a psalm that expresses those feelings before the Lord. And so this is why it's, the people of God have discovered the psalms to be so helpful for them in approaching God in prayer. Is because the times that we can't quite find the words to describe how we're feeling, we discover that there is someone who has gone before us and has written out those words really well, and they give us new language to express how we're feeling to the Lord. And so in our, our times to stop throughout the day, Scripture is an amazing tool uh, for us to come before the Lord, to discover words in Scripture that have been and always will be true, to discover new ways to express our, our hearts and express our minds to the Lord. And so you'll find um, that the Psalms and passages from the Old Testament and the New Testament can become the language of our prayers. Remember when I was in college, um, going to Bible college, and um, one of my many side jobs to pay for school um, was being a janitor at a church in Garden Grove, just kind of in the shadow of Disneyland. And so I would go down to this church um, twice a week to do janitorial work, and usually it was right after having um, one of my, my classes in college. And I can remember this one period of time where I was um, taking a class on the prison epistles, the letters that Paul wrote while he was in jail. And so I would come from these, these amazing lectures, um, unpacking these beautiful letters. And then I would drive through, you know, sometimes an hour of traffic to get down to Garden Grove to start vacuuming the sanctuary. And as I did that, um, I would be replaying in my mind the verses of scripture that we had just been studying together in class. And I would begin to just prayerfully recite those words as I'm vacuuming between the pews. And then when I would forget what the next line was, I would be able to pull out another Bible out of the back of the pew and look it up and then, you know, try to memorize that line, put the Bible back and begin to vacuum again. And I discovered that those afternoons vacuuming the church were so powerful because I was learning how to pray scripture. I was learning how to um, allow the word of God to become the words that I expressed to him. And I got to have this, this beautiful time in the sanctuary with Jesus, praying scripture to him. These are some of the basic elements of, of, these, of the daily offices. Stopping, stillness before the Lord, waiting for him in silence, and, and employing scripture in our prayers and reflection to the Lord. But what shape the, the daily offices take for you, 
Um, whether you use some resources that um, I'll go through here in just a quick minute or discover a pattern and rhythm for yourself. Whatever shape it takes, um, however long your time with Jesus lasts throughout the day, however often you pray, these are all areas for you to discover. But the reality is that we begin where we are. Adele Calhoun um, has a handbook on spiritual disciplines, and in it she says this, we begin where we are. We may already have a fixed time of prayer in the mornings, so we simply add one more time, perhaps in the middle of work as a reminder that time is a gift made for work and relationship, relationship with God and others. As we regularly honor this on intentional moments with God, we begin to realize how to the world and its demands control us, leaving us frantic and overwhelmed and stopping to pray. Even if we have to set a timer, cultivates an awareness of the unseen reality of God's presence in all times and all things. Memorized prayers or simply pouring our hearts out to God. My own experience with discovering the daily offices began with a book called uh, Common Prayer, A Liturgy for Ordinary Radicals. And I came across this prayer book because um, my background um, in generally, you know, what you would describe as evangelical Christianity in America didn't have um, very much structure to it that I was aware of. And so coming across this book was just this whole new, um, this whole new area of Christianity that I wasn't aware of. And it has daily prayers for every day of the, of the year. It also has the same midday prayer for every day. And then every day of the week, it has its own evening prayer. And so I began just praying through this and adopting this structure of prayer in my life. And I discovered that I began to have so much more um, language to express to Jesus of how I was feeling. Um, I was, my prayer life took on new levels where before I kind of felt like I was saying the same things over and over to God and I didn't really know what to talk to him about except maybe just the pressing or urgent needs of life. Where I found this prayer book helped me to think of, of new areas of the world um, to bring before Jesus. New areas of life that I wanted to see his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so there's books like this um, that have written out prayers that, that you might find helpful. I know some people find um, the idea of praying someone else's prayers or praying um, a, a prescribed prayer as something that um, maybe just can become mechanical or not very meaningful. Um, but what I would encourage you in is that, that no matter if they were originally your words or the words of someone else, that as long as we approach the words with a, a heart of, of wanting to, to slow down and be meaningful in what we're expressing to Jesus, it doesn't matter if we come up with them out of our own mind or if we borrow someone else's prayers. Uh, all it needs is a, is a heart that's directed towards Jesus. 
And I've personally found other people's words uh, to be really helpful in my times when I speak my own words before the Lord. Another app that um, I know Vince has shared with the congregation before, another resource, is called the Daily Prayer app. This is an app that Vince and I have been using for for a good amount of time now. Um, It's a really simple tool where you don't have to have like a book that you're lugging around with you all day, but all of us tend to check our phones frequently throughout the day. And this prayer app has a morning prayer, um, a midday prayer, evening prayer, and then even a late evening prayer designed for right before you fall asleep at night. And the really cool thing about this app is that you can set timers on it. So it sets reminders for, um, for when you're wanting to stop and pray, pray. Because again, if you're anything like me, I get into work in the day and um, I can forget to stop. And so having my phone buzz at me really helps a lot. So again, this is, this is one uh, resource that's really helpful. A couple other resources um, that if you want to try to explore this a little bit more. Uh, one that I've really enjoyed is called, um, it's called the Daily Prayer Project. And they actually have a printed booklet or a PDF that you can download. Um, and it's really beautiful. They try to incorporate art as well as prayer and songs. Um, And one of the unique elements to this um, daily prayer project is that they try to gather prayers and songs um, from Christians around the world and not just from an American perspective. Um, And so you'll find a lot of really amazing and beautiful prayers uh, from Christians in other continents and other cultures from our own. And there's other books um, like the Anglican Church um, kind of has the, the big one called the Book of Common Prayer. Um, there's a lot of different versions throughout the centuries, so if you like kind of um, some of the more older, beautiful language or more modern, um, easily understandable language, um, there's a lot of different versions of it. You can find um, apps and websites and free PDF downloads, or you can actually buy on Amazon the actual Book of Common Prayer to help lead you through the daily offices. And we've got several of these resources on the church website. If you go to the resources tab and then um, prayer resources, we have some of these links listed there. Or if you want to talk to me after service, um, I would love to kind of help you explore some different resources. But more important than finding the perfect resource or the perfect structure for your time with Jesus, more important than that is just starting. Just start where you are. Um, And so again, if you've got maybe one time in the day that you already regularly come before Jesus, maybe start by just adding one more. If you're someone who finds that, um, that you just need to start somewhere, you don't have any regular pattern of prayer in your life, then I'd say just pick one time. Pick one time in the day that you want to come before the Lord. Maybe a time in your day when you... Um, you sense you, you really need the presence of God with you. Maybe for some of us, that's, that's first thing in the morning. We need to know that God's with us in everything that we have to face. Maybe for others of us, it's at noontime. We need to stop what we're doing in the day to remember that it's not all on our shoulders and that we're not the ones accomplishing everything, but God is the one who is on the throne. 
or maybe at the end of your workday, you need something to help you transition from work back to being with your family or with your friends. And so maybe having a time of prayer, um, even in your driveway, when you drive home before you step inside, that you just stop for two minutes to be with Jesus, to help you transition back into a new, a new hour of life. Maybe you need it at the end of your day if you find yourself having trouble sleeping at night because um, fears, anxiety, just thinking about the day. Maybe for you it would be really helpful to pause at night before you go to sleep, to pause to be with Jesus. And then maybe for some of us who find uh, sleep really broken and challenging for us and we wake up throughout the night, um, maybe instead of fighting that, we just adopt the practice of the monks of, of waking up in the middle of the night to pray with Jesus. And instead of laying there thinking, oh my gosh, I woke up again. How long is it going to be before I fall asleep? We just take that as an opportunity to be with our Father, to, to lay our burdens down at his feet, and to know his loving presence with us even in the middle of the night. So in the midst of all that you walk through in life, I believe that God longs for you to experience his presence. And not just experience it here together on Sunday mornings, not just experience it once or twice throughout your day, but I believe God longs for you to experience his presence walking with you every moment of your day. And I think that, that a life of prayer a life with a rhythm of stopping and coming before the Lord is one great way for us to begin to experience him with us always in our working and in our stopping. The gift of the daily offices is this practice that Christians have had throughout the centuries and have found that it's actually helpful in experiencing God's presence with us something that so many people have found helpful. And so I'd encourage you this week to just try it out. And if it's not something that's for you, that's okay. God has lots of ways for us to experience his presence. But I think for most of us, this could be something that really helps us. Helps us to be a people who stop, who experience God's loving presence with us, and then have something to actually invite the world into. That we would be a people who know Jesus and who long to invite people into that same loving experience. So church, would you uh, stand with me this morning as we pray, and then as the, the worship team leads us um, in a song before we close. But as you're standing, um, would you just... Place your hands out in front of you if you're comfortable. And, and let's just invite God to meet us. We invite God to meet us and to, to open our eyes to be aware of his presence with us. And so, so God, we, we do come before you confessing that we are a people who have short attention spans, that we are a people who are easily distracted that we are a people who tend to, to carry our own burdens. And God, we long 
to know you. We long to experience you with us this day and every day. And so, God, would we, would we hear you inviting us this week to come to, to be still before you, to come meet you, encounter you? And God, in our stopping, would you do something amazing? Would you reveal your presence to us? And God, would your presence be the, the very sustaining force of our lives? God, would your presence with us be like the air that we breathe? Would it be like water to our dry and thirsty souls? And would you give us the, the gift of knowing you, the gift of knowing your love, your heart for us? We pray all this in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Amen.